2: What is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is the week 11 recap show. Matt and Dennis are here with me, but as always, we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them on Twitter at PigskinPodNet, where you can search the hashtag TPPN, which us and all of the other great shows on this network, uh, hashtag as well when they go live. We've got baseball, hockey, fantasy, everything, soccer. So check out any of the other shows for any of your uh, any sports needs. Uh, before we jump into Week Eleven, gentlemen, how are we doing on this marvelous Monday?
1: Well, my Lions didn't win again; they actually lost. But it was to the Browns, so I guess there's some solace in that. Uh, family's coming on Thursday. Wife decided I've got a bunch of painting I got to do to the house. So, anybody else's wife decide to undertake a renovation project? Just mine. Oh.
3: Ugh, you know about our house; it's been yeah. uh,
1: actually we've had our ducks. I I feel for you because you've been going you've been going at it, but whatever, it's like you've got – I don't know if yours is ever going to end at this point. It's an
3: update, actually.
1: But then our our ducks got out today, and so now my wife is out in the dark trying to put a new latch on the gate because apparently the gate keeps blowing open. Our ducks were two houses down the road today.
3: Yeah, well, fortunately – you uh, you are not hearing anything behind me because there's actually no one working on our house today because we only have uh, minor touch up paint and they have to put baseboards on the landing but we have flooring in our entire house everything's hooked up in the bathroom um, most of it works uh, so they have to they have to cock in our shower controls it's it's almost finished. Uh, so we actually had to start moving stuff back in yesterday, which led to its own. I wrenched my back. Um, I put everything down. And about the time C.D. Lamb was getting knocked unconscious, I was screaming and crying. And Lindsay could asked me if it was because of the game or because of the box I was putting down. I said, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Now, speaking of CD Lamb, we had a lot of interesting performances here in week 11. But before we get to that, Dennis, why don't you tell everybody what they can use to help them in their week 12 matchups?
1: Well, I'm in the midst, I, I've been debating today. So I've got a team that's seven and three going to eight and three. And I just lost Michael Carter to start three running back, three wide receiver, two flex and a super flex. So I'm digging into the Flash Update Pro to decide: Am I gonna? Do I? Is my team strong enough? Do I need to make a move? I'm I'm in the playoffs. Can I wait for him to get back? So, like me, you can get the tools to help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. The Football Diehards Flash Update Pro: a full suite of tools to help make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools. Target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All
2: right, so let's start with... uh probably one of the more surprising games of the weekend the Colts blitzing I shouldn't even say the Colts Jonathan Taylor blitzing the Buffalo Bills 41 to 15 he absolutely explodes in this depending on your scoring formats he got you at least 50 I saw some leaks he was getting 60 plus just an absolute ridiculous day for the young man is he now the RB1 in dynasty Matt
3: Yes. You know, I think for me, he, he moved up, he was top five going into the season. Our biggest question was going to be um, usage. I actually heard an NFL network radio clip this weekend of Frank Reich saying he wanted to find a way to give Jonathan Taylor more carries. And I, I wanted to scream, you know, then just do it. But um, you know, Taylor's been maximizing. Do you know
1: anybody, Frank? Do you know anybody?
3: He's been maximizing his, um, his touches, he is RB1 currently in fantasy. He has 1,122 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns. That's 47 yards fewer than all of 2020 and more rushing touchdowns already than than in 2020. He's a beast. He keeps going. He's already got more pass receiving yards and more passing touchdowns than he had in all of 2020. And I think the, the sky's the limit right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think – Probably for the last five or six weeks, you know, you've seen buzz on Twitter about is Taylor the RB1. I think he's been moving there and it's been picking up speed. I think we're, it's comfortable to say right now that barring some sort of tragic multi-year injury or something, he's uh, he's going to be sitting atop the uh, running back deck and maybe the – one, maybe the – you know, he, he's going to be – we have saw, saw what's happened with Patrick Mahomes, so it may be a situation where people are going to start putting him in that uh, Christian McCaffrey kind of role up there and not be afraid to take him at the 101 overall, even in Superflex Leagues.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was my one, uh, my two, I'm sorry, at running back coming into the season. I still had CMC one just because of what he can do in the receiving game. But I'll be honest, that receiving touchdown Taylor had yesterday was probably the most impressive of all five of his touchdowns. So uh, I definitely think I don't have an issue if you want CMC over him, even though Taylor is clearly younger. Um, and I do think is a better runner, but I think overall everything CMC can do, and he's for the most part been healthy this year. I'm okay with him still being one, but I think those two are the the one and two he's, he surpassed Barkley for me. Um, I can't remember who the other running back is that I had up there. I'm sure I know cook was up there for all of us. I don't know that he was two or three, but he surpassed everybody. I think it's those two sitting in a tier of their own and then everybody else at the running back position. Dennis, are the Bills in trouble? Uh, we've seen them really kind of struggle here lately. Uh, I mean, what, what are what are your thoughts on their team on this team?
1: The Bills play down to their competition, and they seem to lack toughness. Uh, and I don't know if that's a function of the offense relying solely on Josh Allen. Um, I think when you take when you see these guys like. You know Dalvin Cook and and uh, Zeke Elliott and Jonathan Taylor, who just go in there and and they establish a presence when it comes to moving that offense. When you need two yards, or they're going to go in and and they're going to get those two yards. Um, and some of it sure is offensive line, but you need to get some. I think Buffalo needs to get some nastiness to them uh, if they're going to not fade this season it it's certainly been uh disconcerting to watch them struggle against uh some of these teams that they've that that they've played
3: yeah and their defense has been up and down at times it looks incredible and at times like yesterday it looks like it's getting walked all over the biggest thing is their offense is one-dimensional and while that caught a lot of people by surprise and they had some great success last year It can't keep working this year. That one dimension is Josh Allen. He's their leading running back. He's the guy throwing the ball. They have not been able to get anything going. I think it's a real bummer for those of us that had some hopes for Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. They're getting carries at times, but they don't do anything with them. And then Buffalo gets behind and just goes away from them. They have some serious problems, and now they're not even in first place in their own division. We're talking about a team that a lot of people were picking to be in the Super Bowl. I picked them to win the Super Bowl, and they're not even in the lead in their own division. They have two games with the Patriots coming up in the next four weeks. If they lose those or split those, they may still find themselves on on the down end looking up. And then losses to teams like... The Colts and the Titans and the Steelers look even worse because if you have to end up in that big pool of teams competing for wild card in the AFC, those are head-to-head losses that will knock you down a peg.
2: Yeah, those those tiebreakers are going to be huge. We saw that affect a couple teams last year in the AFC playoffs. Uh, they they need a running back in the worst way. The fact that they're leaning on Matt Breida as much as they were yesterday, maybe because some of that is they were down, and he's the better receiving back out of the three. Uh, but I'm with you. I think defense is isn't finally
1: – Is he a better yeah. receiver than Singletary? I mean, Singletary yes. is a good receiver.
2: He's good. He's not as good as Matt Breida. Yeah, I, I would take Matt Breida's receiving talent over both those guys. Um I I think that defenses have really had a chance to look at the Bills and and kind of figure out ways to slow them down especially as you mentioned because Josh Allen is is the entire passing and rushing game right now for the Buffalo Bills. They've got to get it figured out. They have not had their bye week yet, correct? Or my I, I don't think that they have. So they have Okay, well that yeah, makes they're they're, they're sense.
3: 6 and 10. And we played eleven games, or they're gotcha. six four. Sorry, they okay. and we played eleven games. They they had a bye week because they were the same bye week as the Chargers. Because I remember I lost Oh both yeah, that's super quarterbacks. Bye week
2: yeah, bye week hell. Okay, yeah, I was saying maybe they can if they have a bye week coming up soon, they can kind of reset yeah. and fix everything. But now they they don't have that yet. It's that's it's gonna hard. be. They got a lot to fix. Even that defense yesterday. I mean, we saw it. I don't want to panic too much on the defense because really the only two running backs that have gashed them are Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. And both of those guys are the top tier at the running back position. So I don't want to freak out too much. But Matt Yumi talked about it a little bit on Friday the how good they've been against the run. And, and we mentioned Jonathan Taylor might be able to do what Derrick Henry did. And he did even better. No Lamar, no problem for the Ravens as they beat the Bears 16-13. to uh, No Lamar, no Hollywood, but the Ravens are able to pull it out. Dennis, did we learn anything about this team with that performance?
1: Well, I mean, they were playing Chicago without, you know, an aging Khalil Mack and terrible Matt Nagy head coach. It's wild when – if you look at the numbers, like, before field – got injured so fields and uh dalton played each right it was a 51 49 split in snaps but dalton threw the ball twice as much as fields did did he did he check out of run plays into pass plays that much so i don't know for me baltimore no no lamar and no uh hollywood i i don't know i feel like it. I don't. I still feel like it shouldn't have been that close. Uh, I feel like that defense is strong enough that they should have been able to uh, create an opportunity for a little more separation rather than a last-minute field goal.
3: Yeah, but I think we learned a lot about their toughness and resiliency. I mean, Tyler Huntley came in to lead that team on pretty short notice because Lamar was a scratch on Sunday morning. He's had some time in practice, but has no real game reps. You're on the road in Chicago. Chicago's still a pretty decent team. They've honestly been playing the last few weeks without Khalil Mack and still been playing pretty well. I think that defense looks scrappy. I felt better. Let's just say I feel better about the way Baltimore's looking now after that win than I did after the last three weeks where they kind of got walked on by a few teams.
2: Yeah, I mean the diva, they're so good against the run but they are just absolutely atrocious against the pass. I find it very weird that as Dennis mentioned, Andy Dalton passes as much as he did and they would not let Justin Fields do that. like that is how you beat Baltimore. Why you did not let Justin Fields do that is beyond me. And we saw it when Andy Dalton got out there and I get it Fields has struggled earlier in the year to pass the ball, but my goodness, if you don't ever let him pass it, he's never going to improve. So it's also just a weird game in general to see them go up with, what was it, like a minute left after an all-out blitz on a fourth down play that Andy Dalton is able to hit track star Marquise Goodwin for a major touchdown, and then they still let Tyler Huntley drive down the field and set up Justin Tucker for a chip shot field goal. Matt, the Bears fell short, but Mooney looked really good. Uh, What do we think of him moving forward for our fantasy lineups?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just think he, uh, like Allen Robinson, who was a scratch yesterday, just need a quarterback. He got 16 targets. He liked that, was only able to catch five, able to turn it into 121 and a long touchdown. But I just don't know. You know, you're right they don't have enough consistency in their passing game, no matter who the quarterback is. And that's the bummer, but I think he's at least up in flex territory.
1: Yeah. I I like the, the results numbers Mooney put up, but that uh, five receptions on 16 targets makes me quiver a little bit about the process. It, I I didn't watch, I haven't watched any of the bears game yet and it was a situation where when I just look at the numbers and do some box score scouting, that five for 16 makes me nervous. And so I don't know how much of it was, how many of those targets were with fields and how many were with, uh, with, with Dalton. Were they, were they that, were they off target? Were there drops? And we haven't heard anything about Mooney and drops, but you know, he's on the verge of overtaking Allen Robinson just because of, The amount of just because of how ineffective this offense has been in general.
2: Yeah, I don't know exactly how many were with Dalton, but I do know that almost all of his yards came on one play. Uh, It was a he he juked a defender out on the sideline and then took it to the house. Uh, I was trying to find it. Yeah, it was, was 60, 60 yards. Yarder. So half of yeah, half of his yards came on really one play. It was a 60-yard touchdown. He, he juked it. And I think and most think of so his good.
3: production came with Dalton. He might have had like yeah. one before Dalton.
2: It, it did. So it's one of those things where – and right now it's still early, but we got to remember it's a short week for the Bears. They've only got three more days before they play again. There's a lot of talk that I just saw on Twitter that it looks like Allen Robinson and Justin Fields will both be out. So at least this week, I think Mooney is going to be a good play. We'll discuss that more on Wednesday. But if Dalton's in there back at quarterback, Mooney's their best receiving option. And the Lions uh, defense is at least the secondary, especially with uh, Okuda not being there because of the injury, is not uh, really that scary for me. <clears throat> the Browns somehow hang on to beat the Lions. I, I don't understand. This game set football back about 30 years, in my opinion, and, and made me want to cry for the future of the Browns franchise. Uh, but that's a story for another time. They, again, win 13-10. to 10. Uh, Matt Landry gets a rushing touchdown. Uh, there's a lot of chatter that he looked better at quarterback than Baker Mayfield has all season. It came on a trick play where he took a direct snap. Chubb with a passing touchdown. I, I mean, what is it we learned about the Browns game this week, except for apparently everybody is better at quarterback than Baker Mayfield.
3: Yeah, well, it's not, you know, they won. So that's good. Back to six and five. So that's good, you know, especially when you're in this tight race. But they're they're either going to have to hope Lamar Jackson misses again, or they play a lot better on Sunday night football. And everyone uh, in their division looked pretty good yesterday. The Steelers didn't win, but they came back. Uh, You know, and their offense looked like it was moving pretty well. They were missing a couple pieces on defense. It's not going to be an easy road if they want to get in the playoffs. And, you know, it's nice they got a win, but that was not an incredible performance.
1: Yeah. I think the most you could say about it from a Baker Mayfield perspective was it was gutty. I mean, they uh, I I saw a blurb on Saturday or Sunday that said, you know, Mayfield – and in parentheses, where they list what their injury is, it said everything is expected to play. You know, he's pretty beat up. I, I, I picked them to you know make it to the Super Bowl. I felt like they were primed. That felt like that defense was ready. I think the defense has come up a little short this year. Um, I don't. I at this rate, I think it's probably better for them to not even make the playoffs. Don't give yourself any false hope. They're beat up. They've struggled with injuries. Is Baker, is he the answer? I don't know that he's the answer, but I also don't think he's the problem either. He may just be a good quarterback, and, and we have to stop expecting him to be a great quarterback. So let's get him within structure. If that Stefanski offense gets clicking with the running game, then I think Baker is going to be just fine.
2: Yeah, I mean, Baker's so beat up. At at this point, I wonder if it would just be better to sit him for a week or two. Uh, Case Keenum's not going to replace him, and I understand Baker's a gamer. He doesn't want to sit. I mean, and granted, Keenum didn't look that great against the Broncos.
3: Do you think he's (laughs) just trying to hang on until the bye week? Because they play next week, and then they have the
2: bye, right, week 13? But I don't even know that the bye week's going to help him much. I mean, maybe it helps with the knees because I think he's got, like, a bruised knee, a sprain here. He's got the ankle sprain. That shoulder ain't getting fixed till the offseason. It's a fracture and a torn labrum. Like, it's not going away. Maybe just giving it rest a couple weeks. And I don't even know that that's affecting him that much because that's been bothering him since earlier. And he was playing good earlier in the year. I just think it's a mixture of, as Dennis mentioned, everything. I'll also admit, and you know what the crazy thing is? They don't have a playmaker on the outside, so it's really kind of hard for Odell to throw. Oh, Odell, my bad. Whoops. For for Jarvis to throw What are you talking
3: about? Nick Chubb caught a beautiful (laughs) touchdown pass. He's your wide receiver one.
2: He is our wide receiver one, and that's the problem. They need a wide receiver in the worst way. Uh, I love Jarvis, but he's not a downfield threat, and he's banged up as well dealing with the knee injury. He just doesn't look like he can give it Everything he has in the past couple of years, he's coming up short on catches that he's almost always made. And I honestly think the knee injury is, is affecting him a lot as well. We saw him sit out, uh, I think it was almost most of the fourth quarter because of that knee injury as well. So I, I'm kind of with Dennis. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I I don't want to give up on Baker. I posted a poll earlier today. You know, would Browns fans be happy if they went out and got Jimmy G um, it, it, because a lot of Browns fans are really soured on Baker over the past couple weeks, I don't know that he's the whole issue, uh, but I, I do think it's fair to say he's part of it. It's just this whole team is underperformed. It's typical Browns. Uh, you know, I was very hesitant this year to buy into them, and now I feel like I'm I'm being proven right, or maybe it's just God punishing me because I, I refuse to believe in them. And then he's like, "Oh, you don't want to believe? Here, I'll show. give yeah, you reason not to." But anyways, it probably is. Dennis, the Lions come up short. But man, did DeAndre Swift look good. Man,
1: he's living up to the expectations. What is he? He's what 5'10, 209. So he's got a sturdy build. He's fast. Can make plays inside and outside. And he's an exceptional pass catcher from the running back position. So I I feel bad. That you know, it'll be nice, I guess, in in two years or three years when he goes to a contending team. If he, if he doesn't get beat up too bad over these next couple of years, it will be nice to see him be successful But um, uh, from a team perspective. But he looks good, man. Uh, I, I've got him in a, a couple different fantasy leagues, and uh, you know he's a set and forget.
3: Yeah, and it's a shame they're not having more success, but we knew it was going to be a long road. I think at least with what we've seen from Swift and Hawkinson, they have a couple of nice pieces to build around.
2: Yeah, I mean Hawkinson had a pretty good game too. I actually don't think the Lions. He at least factored off. in the game. Yeah, yeah. He was he was factored. I mean, yeah, that that touchdown run by Swift where he juked out the defenders and turned on the, the afterburners there to run by everybody was a really nice touchdown. Yeah, I, I actually think the Lions, and maybe I'm just being way too optimistic here, but I think they could be competing as of next year. I mean, they're likely gonna have the number one pick with the way things are going right now. You get Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Just um, automatically changes that defense. You get a Cuda back, and then I think if they can get a they they have another first round pick. They grab a quarterback and a wide receiver. Like I think this they could be fairly good. I, I like what Campbell's doing. Again, they've played tough every single week. Like they're playing good with a team that I think we can all agree is not one of the best in the NFL. And they're usually hanging with everybody. So there's a chance Aaron Rodgers is going out of Green Bay next year, which which throws the NFC North up. To anybody, yeah, even Captain Kirk and you know Mike Zimmer, who's apparently not going to get fired now after he just came back, came back and beat the Green Bay Packers. Which, Ten years you know from now,
3: those two are still going to be ruining our Sunday. Exactly.
2: Sundays. Which, since, you know, in in the essence of great segues, we're just going to go to that game, actually, since we're talking about them. And they do come back and beat the Packers 34-31. to Who would have thought that we'd be talking on a Monday that Aaron Rodgers left too much time on the clock for Captain Clutch, Kirk Cousins, as he drives down the field and gets him in field goal range for a big win there. Matt, what are these... One of the better games of the day and the Packers came up short. Big game though for Dennis's guy MVS. Do we trust him? Cause I know Dennis's answer. So I want your answer.
3: Trust is a little bit hard, but he definitely has a pretty decent role in the offense. They were targeting him a lot, even early when he wasn't always getting it. He actually, I think he led the team in targets at 10. He, he, you know it's always a threat to break a big one, got a seventy five yard uh you know touchdown pass, and that accounted for most of his uh, yardage. but I think there are worse flex
1: options, especially in deep leagues.
3: I mean yeah, it was more
1: like a twenty five yard pass and a fifty yard run. Um, i I love Marquez Valdez gambling, and I don't trust him to be consistent. Uh, I mean again, if you look. Who was uh, Darnell Mooney? So Scantling, he had four four catches on ten targets. Now I, I know that uh, Rodgers came out and said that he missed him a couple times, but that's always been the rub with MVS is that he doesn't he's not efficient. Now he tends to have a lot more deep targets, which are by nature more inefficient. Uh, it's great to see him have a good game. He's had some opportunities earlier this year where he's dropped it. And he's, you know, you don't know from week to week who's going to be the wide receiver too in Green Bay, but it does seem like he's got a better shot than most any given week in part because he does have that long speed and that deep threat uh, to his game. Uh, If you're in a deeper league, he's a great bye week filling. If you're in a deep league that's, you know, starting 12 players or 10 players, he's great for that second flex, that third flex, uh, because he does have the potential to put up a big game like he did yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'll I'll say I'm very appreciative of him. Him, Justin Herbert, and Jonathan Taylor carried me to a point six to win in Scott Fishbowl, continuing my win streak and climb up in the standings. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm now third in my, in the Beyonce division, but uh, it's a great game for him. You know, again, if he can just consistently prove it, he might be, especially with the fact that uh, Lazard has struggled to stay out on the field. And they've really never, I mean, God, they were using, they, they were using uh, Equinemius St. Brown in the run game. Like it, it, he, there's, there's opportunity if he can just be consistent for like a couple more games. I think that we can move him uh, thing
1: Brown story. is no uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside in the run game.
3: By the same token though, Rodgers only had 10 incompletes and six of them came from trying to get the ball to FPS.
2: Well, you know, I mean, just like consistently stay on the field then. Can he just consistently stay on the field? That that's what I'm looking for out of M V S. Uh Dennis, the Vikings get the win back to five and five. I feel like the conversation we're gonna continue to have all season. Can they make the playoffs?
1: You know, if their defense can hold up, they've got the weapons. Uh, Tyler Conklin has stepped up to become a consistent player at tight end when they get in the red zone. And when you've got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen out wide, they are always a threat. I mean, each of them caught eight eight out of ten passes yesterday. Now, as somebody who's more often than not ended up with Thielen and Thielen instead of, uh, Justin Jefferson. I will say that that 169 yards for Jefferson and two touchdowns over the 82 yards and one touchdown for Thielen is kind of makes me a little bit sad. But it's great to watch Justin Jefferson play, and they they've put some money into the offensive line. It's given Kirk Cousins a little more time, and when he has time, he's a pretty good quarterback.
3: Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, the uh the Vikings were three and four. And I said that they were gonna go on a three-game stretch against really good teams that was gonna finally knock them out of the race. And instead, they went two and one. They win it, they win in Los Angeles against the Chargers. They knocked Green Bay out yesterday. They tightened up the NFC North, but more importantly, in that muddle huddle that is the NFC for the wild card race, they're right back in it. You know, the 49ers got back to five and five. Some of the teams that looked like they were doing good the last couple of weeks, the Saints have come back to the pack. Carolina's come back to the pack. I I mean, I don't think there are any great teams in that group. And Minnesota, fortunately, plays in a division where they have a little few easier matchups. So they actually have a pretty decent chance. They have talent. It was always whether they were too
2: enigmatic to do it. I'll just be honest. I hope they don't. I I just don't want to see Mike Zimmer <laughs> there anymore. I just, they've got so much talent. I wish they could get an offensive coach in there. I just Zimmer's been known as this defensive Zimmer's guy. A pretty offensive coach. He just he hasn't. Well, that's the problem. He's he's known as a defensive coach, and his defense is horrible. So I just I, I don't. I just think I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Vikings fans, are yeah, tell me I'm wrong. wrong. I just think he needs to go, and if they make the playoffs, as Matt said, we're then just gonna they're just gonna extend him and Kirk Cousins for a decade, and we're just well, gonna get you know right around five hundred play for the next ten years, Adam.
3: You are definitely not wrong. I work with a Vikings fan, so we we had the game up on our screen while we were working yesterday and this this morning when I was saw him at lunch. I was like, "Hey, they won!" and he's like, "Yeah, for once uh, they didn't break my heart." So you're not wrong. Even Viking fans don't trust Zimmer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't either. All right, so uh, the Texans, I guess this is probably the more surprising game. I said the Colts over the Bills. This is definitely more surprising, although I've been saying I did the not Titans. think the Titans were as good as they appeared or as good as their record says they were. Who says that again? can't remember who that is. They are that. No, they are who they thought they were. That's Dennis Green. You yeah. are what your record says you are. Is that Bill Parcells? Doesn't matter. But the Titans lose to the Texans, twenty-two to thirteen. Dennis, should the Texans be trying to win right now?
1: From a fantasy perspective, probably not. But from a real NFL perspective, you know these cats are getting paid a lot of money to play football, and so I, I get it. I think you the the head coach and the players don't tank the front office tanks and Nick Casario or whatever that joker's name is up there. He's been doing a pretty good job of tanking. And, uh, and, and these tech, now that they've got Taylor back, and even when they had Davis mills uh, the Texans were doing their best uh, uh, major league Cleveland Indians uh, impression here, trying to, to pull off some victories. They're, you know they have they're struggling in the run game, and if it wasn't for Tyrod Taylor pulling out a a, a couple of touchdown runs, I mean, what DJ and Burkhead went what's that thirty one carries for fifty eight yards yesterday, uh, and that's a that's a hot damn mess right there.
3: They one hundred percent should not be trying to win, um, which should make all Texans fans incredibly nervous since they play the Jets this next week and they could end up swapping draft pick uh, draft pick position. I guess maybe the Texans are thinking that the lions and the jets, the jets probably wouldn't take a quarterback, but I, I don't know why they're trying hard.
2: I mean, I think it's collie and the players. It, it's easy for us to say that, right? Like don't go out there and win, but those players want to win. I'm sure that that meant a lot for them to get that. I mean, as someone, again, I've never played at an NFL competitive type level, but any sport that I've played, if a coach asked me to go out there and lose, I'd give him the finger. i like, you had your day in mind. You think I'm going to go out there and try and lose. They want to win. And, again, I'll continue to say I think it's awesome that David Cully has got this team playing as tough as they do every single – for a guy we said was just going to be there for a year or two for the rebuild so they could get somebody better, he's doing a really good job with that team. So but
3: You can play really hard and draw praise. Without ruining your draft position, see Dan Campbell
2: I will also say though that I think that's a little bit overrated because we see NFL teams miss on at least fifty percent of their first round pick, so you don't know that you getting the second pick compared to the third pick is is going to be that much better. The only player, the only, and I'm probably going to be wrong about this because nobody else is coming to my mind, so i'll just say. The only team that I think should continue losing, they should get one win, is the Detroit Lions because you want Kayvon Thibodeau. He is going to change your defense the way Micah Parsons is changing the Cowboys defense this year. Outside of him, I can't think of anybody else. Off the top of my head. There's other really good players at the top of this draft, but I would want the number one pick to get Thibodeau. Uh, outside of that, though, I don't. I don't think falling one spot because of because they're not going to win many more games. Now, if the Texans go on like a seven game winning streak, we'll come back to this episode and be like, my God, they probably should have lost a bunch of these games. But I, I'm. I'm kind of. I, I'm okay with a win here or there. Dennis, was it a trap game for the Titans or are the injuries tallying the injury tally beginning to catch up with them?
1: I don't know if it's the injury tally. I'm mean, obviously losing Derrick Henry, uh, Julio Jones. I think it depends on what your expectations were of him, but clearly AJ Brown's knees are not nearly as good as uh, uh, we had hoped after the off season. But Tannehill can't throw four interceptions even against a team like Houston and expect that they're going to, you know, continue to, uh, roll like they were. I, it's a little bothersome to me that, you know, former Cleveland Brown special teamer Dontrell Hilliard led the team in targets from the running back position. Uh, I I kind of bought into the potential of what uh, Deonta Foreman could offer being a big guy like Derrick Henry, but, you know, Adrian Peterson led the team in carries and he did have a, you know, reasonable 4.4 yard per carry average, but at what are we week 11? Injuries are starting to add up for everybody and, and you have to have the depth and there's only So, I guess there's only so many positions you can have starter quality depth at. And I think, I do think it's starting to show in Tennessee.
3: Yeah. But if we're talking about skill position players, Tennessee was one of the shallowest teams going into the season. Had they not made that preseason trade for Julio Jones, we were talking about how dicey their receiver core was, how they didn't really have anyone behind Derrick Henry. And sadly, we've seen you know, Darianton Evans uh, has never been able to stay healthy and and went on IR. Julio Jones hasn't been able to stay healthy and went on IR from a fantasy perspective. It's an incredible bummer to me for AJ Brown because now he becomes really the only star skill position player left standing and every team seems to be focusing all their energy on them and why wouldn't you? So off of a stretch where he had three really great games and it was like finally AJ Brown is back. He's seen 24 targets the last three weeks and only caught 11 passes for 106 yards and no touchdowns. That's that's because everybody's focused on them and they don't really have much else. And I think in terms of running backs, we forgot that Mike Vrabel spent his formative years playing for and coaching with Bill Belichick, so he's going to give you the middle finger on a player rotation every single damn time.
2: Yeah, I'm not um, I'm not too worried about Foreman right now. Uh, Hilliard, I think he was out there so much because they were literally behind from the jump and they never really got back into it because of of uh, Ryan Tannehill throwing those interceptions. And, and then, I mean, Peterson, I believe they had the same snap percentage. that was like 19%. So while while Peterson got more carries, Foreman was out there. I just think Hilliard was so involved because of that. I still think Foreman's going to be the guy because even though I'm not a massive fan of him, I think he's better than what we've seen from Adrian Peterson the past couple of weeks. On the Titans, I think their biggest issue is, and I don't mean this as a shot at Derrick Henry because he's one of the best running backs we've seen do it. I actually hated that we saw him go down because I think he had a shot to actually break Emmitt Smith's record with as good as he has been and, and the possible longevity he could have in his career. I think this is what happens when you build your entire team around a running back and then when you lose said running back because Ryan Tannehill has not been able to carry this offense. They don't have anybody on the outside to help. They, they tried to go all in on Julio he's barely played then you lose AJ Brown you have nobody else you get rid of John New Smith who probably could have helped you out a little bit and you because you think you can replace him with Anthony Furster who's done absolutely nothing the defense who we thought that's what Mike Vrabel was being brought in here to do has been nothing but a rumor since their their late their long playoff run a couple of years ago so i think the titans are in a lot of trouble especially with the Colts surging i would not be surprised if I end up being right in the Colts winning this division at the end of the season.
1: So is it a testament to Arthur Smith or is it just a function of Derrick Henry staying healthy the last couple of
2: years? I think it's more Derrick Henry not being there because this team still looked really good with Derrick Henry there. And since he's been out, I think this whole team has fallen apart because now everything is on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders. And I think we're starting to realize that, you know, I, I don't want to say that we believed in him, but, he sure looked good when he was asked to step up when Derrick Henry was doing all this other stuff. He was like, okay, hey, Ryan, we just need you to complete this five-yard pass here and then let Derrick Henry run for 15 yards, and then you complete this 10-yard pass here. Now, all of a sudden, it's all on Ryan Tannehill, and he's not doing it. We're seeing the Miami Dolphins' Ryan Tannehill, so maybe— in the the what's what's the thing is we we go all the way back to the beginning here. Maybe Adam GaSe wasn't as horrible as we made him out to be because Ryan Tannehill not starting to look so good. Sam Darnold all of a sudden has gone back to the pumpkin uh, in Carolina. Maybe it wasn't all on Adam GaSe. Maybe he was only like eighty percent of the issues there for some. But I think
3: players. it's also on their general manager. I mean, they let Johnny Smith walk, and you know, obviously Anthony Firkster is not the answer. They don't have anything there. They splashed out a free agent contract on Josh Reynolds. And I haven't seen him do anything. They spent...
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, they... They spent their... Their one, like, offensive draft pick was Des Fitzpatrick, who I guess had a touchdown yesterday, but we haven't really... That was a curious decision, and we haven't seen him No, it was a bad decision. You can say bad. (laughs) It was a bad decision. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the offseason strategy, and then you're right... If they hadn't managed to make that Julio thing happen, we were talking about how grim their options looked, and it, they're reaping that right now.
2: Yeah. All right. The Dolphins are on a three-game win streak. They beat the Jets 24-17. to 17. Matt, the Dolphins win. What do we think of Jalen Waddle?
3: You know, I love what he's doing. Here was another game where the primary running back caught a passing touchdown and the primary wide receiver did the rushing touchdown, which is always very exciting. Um, But he seems to have picked up. He has good chemistry with Tua, which is what we thought was going to happen.
1: And I think he's become a real reliable play week to week. Yeah, I think you can count on Waddle. I don't know if it's a function of everybody else being injured for so long. He hasn't had a choice but to step up. Or, you know, he was a high draft pick. We Everybody thought he was good in, in fantasy rookie drafts. He was widely regarded as the wide receiver two or wide receiver three, um, depending on how much uh, creed you uh, put into BMI. Um, but no, Waddle looks good. He's explosive, and he, he's got good chemistry with Tua, like like Matt said. So if, if Tua can stay healthy and – they if they can find some run, balance with the running game you know miles gaskin can stop this every other game kind of charade we, we seem to be getting from him you know they they've got weapons you know if they can get their defense to play
2: consistent now yeah waddle is, has really been looking good and i can't imagine how good he's going to look with deshaun watson next year on the Jets' side, it's another good day for Elijah Moore. Dennis, uh, are we starting to believe in him being a flex option every single week? I mean, imagine the second, third, and fourth string quarterback of the Jets bringing this offense alive while their future franchise quarterback, Zach Wilson, has been bupkis.
1: You know, the the snark in me says, yeah, I'm all in until Wilson comes back. Uh but no, I I think more his it's going to come down to Salah and Lafleur, you know, if they can keep him if they decide they're going to keep him on the field, he's making plays. Get him out there with Corey Davis, and if they're if they insist on having Jamison Crowder in the slot, then by all means go run three wide receivers. But Elijah Moore is looking like the real deal. Uh, he made the... Uh, Joe Flacco looked pretty good this weekend.
3: Yeah. You know, it happens once. Okay. Twice. Maybe it piques your interest now three games in a row. That's, that's a, that's a good trend. The last three weeks, more is wide receiver two. He's seen 25 targets. He's caught 18 passes for 269 yards and four touchdowns. And as you said, he's got touchdowns from Mike White, Josh Johnson, and Joe Friggin Flacco. Um, as long as Zach Wilson's return doesn't dampen his usage, which seems sad to say, he, you know, it's wheels up. We thought it was a good talent, good landing spot. We saw flashes of it in training camp and in preseason, and now it finally looks like it's coming to bear. And with Michael Carter banged up and missing now a couple of weeks, they're going to need that
2: passing game. Yeah, uh, I mean, play Elijah Moore for the next week or two until Zach Wilson comes back and then firmly put him right back on your bench because uh, he is going to struggle with the Jets' franchise quarterback. The Eagles with the big win this weekend, 42-29 over the Saints. Matt, the Saints drop another one. Can they stay in the playoff race without Winston?
3: That's a real question, and I don't know if you saw it today, but they splashed out a big contract for Taysom Hill, which makes absolutely no damn sense since they have eschewed putting Taysom Hill in so that they can play Trevor fucking Simeon who's been fine, I guess, except for they've lost every damn game that he started. They need some kind of a spark on offense. It would help if they could get Alvin Kamara back. The Sadness Bowl is what takes place on Thanksgiving night as the Saints uh, and the Bills lock up, and a loser probably just writes off the rest of the season matchup. The Saints look like they were in great position, and they have faded away hard,
1: and I think they need to figure something out and fast. Yep. The, the Saints are another team very much like Tennessee that um, kind of built their team around one guy and, and hoped that some other pieces would step up and, and start to flourish. And then when Kamara went down and they lost Winston, uh, you know, Traquan was injured for much of the season. He looks like, uh, Smith looks like he's kind of the guy there uh, that now they've lost Troutman. So we'll see if Juwan Johnson can get back any of that week one magic. Um, it's a situation where I I saw that news about uh, Taysom Hill and thought maybe they're gonna make him play quarterback, but then the, then you see that it's flex. It 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 literally has a flex structure in the pay based on what position he's playing. So I'm like, how the hell do you do that? Is it like is there a percentage, snap percentage at a position? Crazy.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what kind of blackmail Taysom Hill has on Sean Payton, but good on him because dude's getting paid. On the Eagles side here, Dennis, uh, they win and Hurts continues to look strong. Are they back in the playoff race?
1: You know, it seems so. They got Miles Sanders back. They actually let him carry the ball. Uh, it would have been fantastic for me if they let him actually carry the ball into the end zone, um, but. C'est la vie, I guess. No, Hertz is doing what a lot of young running quarterbacks have done in the past. He next year he's gonna have to take a step. I was yeah, I've been in the he's a placeholder, they're gonna go get a quarterback camp, but the last few weeks I've come around and I feel like he's he's the quarterback in Philadelphia, at least through 2022. And then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, but he's stepping up and playing well. Yeah, right. I like the fantasy.
3: I like the way Hurts is playing. The next five games for the Eagles are: they have the Giants twice, Washington twice, and the Jets. They're five and six. We just talked about the NFC. That is not a murderer's row. If they win four of those games, I think they're in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and again. Hurt securing his future, I think, with the, at least for one more season. And I, I'll, I'll argue, I believe yesterday was his 16th game in the NFL. So that's a full season. He's continued to get better and better. I'm really liking what I have to see from him or what I've seen from him. The Washington football team spoiled the return of Super Cam. They went 27 to 21. Matt, it was before another win. On, Washington. Before
1: we get on to that, how about we talk about DraftKings? Okay, go ahead. So, this Thanksgiving, be thankful for family food and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a Turkey Day no brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make sure you're Make your first deposit, and you can play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN. Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: All right, Matt. So as I was saying, we saw another win for Washington. Uh, but is it too late for them to turn it around for the playoff race?
3: Yeah, they're 4-6 and six now. The NFC is pretty soft. If we think that they can bounce back and win consistently, maybe I'm sh- just not sure I have total faith in them. And if it's coming down to them or the Eagles, as we talked about, with you know they're going to play twice in the next six weeks. I would bet on the Eagles, actually, which seems the inverse of how I would have felt when we started the season.
1: You know – are we talk- we're talking about the Eagles versus the football team. I, I got to go with the Eagles. I, uh, I-, I just don't see where Washington's going to turn it around. Even getting uh, Gibson starting to get healthy, uh, Heineke playing as well as he is, I just don't think that that defense is going to be able to turn it around.
2: Yeah, and I'm also not buying into Heineke. He does this where he has like a couple of really good games where I feel like he plays above his head a little bit, and it really gets the Washington football offense going. Uh, but with this defense the rest of the season not having Chase Young, and they already weren't playing that well, I, I'm with Dennis. I mean, the Eagles defense has been playing really good all season, actually. Uh, they, they've held a lot of really good teams down, and with Hurts and this offense coming on more and more, I'm taking them over Washington. Uh, Dennis, Newton had some big moments, uh, especially that touchdown run, uh, but the Panthers lose. Can they contend with Cam?
1: You know, I feel like this is – you know how when somebody goes away to college and then when they come back home, everybody throws a great big party? I kind of feel like that's what the—that's what happened this week in Carolina. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be – well, they didn't win – the excitement was there. I feel like they're probably going to play 500 ball at best the rest of the way, and that's just not going to be good enough. I, I don't think Cam is necessarily uh, a great fit for the Joe Barry, Joe Brady offense. And while he'll play well, he'll run. He carried the ball 10 times, scored a touchdown yesterday, uh, threw two touchdowns, but he only – had 189 yards passing. So I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna ha, I'm in wait and see mode. If I if I have Cam right now, I'm kind of looking to sell him, see what I can get for him. But I gotta be honest, I don't across more than 20 teams, I don't have a single share.
3: Yeah, I think Cam played fine. We need to see some Cam magic. Next week they're at the Dolphins, then they have a bye, and then they're home for the Falcons. But it's that last four games. They're at the Bills. They have two games with Tampa Bay, and they have a game with the Saints wedged in there. And so I think it's the schedule and the challenge that's going to be more of a difficulty for Carolina. They had a good run early in the season, but they needed to capitalize more on that soft middle. And when they couldn't with Darnold, I think they were already in too precarious a position when Cam got there.
2: Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say is I do think it, it all is going to be on Cam's shoulders. The thing is, he played pretty good yesterday for a guy who's been sitting on his couch eating Cheetos up until last week for, what is that, 10 weeks? So give him a couple more, more organic weeks. organic Cheetos. Hey, Cheetos are Cheetos in my opinion. Uh, as long as, uh, you know, give him a couple more weeks, maybe he can turn himself into something close to what he was. I was, I was happy to see him get DJ more – more involved because he really has not been anything with, with, with Darnold and everybody else. So we'll see if that continues, though. All right, guys, so we are going to do waivers uh, now, and then Matt and myself will be back tomorrow to recap the rest of these games. So these are the waiver targets for Week 12. As always, roster percentages are courtesy of Fantasy Pros by Weeks this week, the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. So quarterbacks, Matt, we are looking at Matt Jones, who's at 31.2%, and Trevor Lawrence at 28.7%.
3: Yeah. And I think both of these are super flex options at best. If you're in a one quarterback league, hopefully you have other options, but I like Mac Jones better. I think he's playing better and his team's better, frankly.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like Mac is more consistent right now. I think if you're going for it, if if, if you're like, I need, a, which one's going to give me a boom game. I think Trevor might do that. But now that he's lost Jamal Agnew, who knows? Um, but yeah, Mac Mac has just been consistent. He he's a guy that's not gonna hurt you, I don't think.
2: Yeah, I think at this point in the season, I'm probably taking Mac as well, but I agree with what Dennis is saying. Like His floor is 15 points, but his ceiling is like 20, and, and he's not really going to. He's so consistent, he's going to get you somewhere in between there. At this point, I think if that's what you're looking for, that's the guy I'm going after. Running backs, Latavius Murray at 31.7%, Rex Burkhead at 08 Quadri Allison at 03 Matt, how are you uh, evaluating the running backs?
3: Yeah, and so this is a tough group. I think Kadri Allison is probably a handcuff to Cordero Patterson, who figures to be back next week. I think it's really he might be a better option than Mike Davis, but if you need instant production, I don't think you're going there. Burkhead's interesting. I cannot figure out a rotation for the Texans. I'm inclined to stay away from it. So Murray's probably my top choice, but it seems like Devonta Freeman has taken over the lion's share there. So if you need somebody to start this week, all three of these guys are probably going to let you down, but I go Murray, Burkhead, Olison, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what you'd do with Burkhead and Olson. It's, a, it's And I'm a quadri guy, but I, I don't have any confidence that he's going to keep getting you know, seven, eight touches. Uh, for me, it's Murray, and if, if you have to make a deal, make a deal.
2: Wide receivers: Will Fuller at twenty nine point seven percent, MVS at six point one, DeAndre Carter at two point two, Cedric Wilson at one point seven, and Nick Westbrook. I have no I idea. Hakeem at point two.
1: I I'm like, I, I, you know, Will Fuller always presents that same conundrum. Is he really going to come back? Did he even? Did he play this week?
3: No, but he's due to come off, I believe.
1: Yeah, so I, I think if he comes back with Parker still being out, I almost feel like he's the he's got to be the guy. Uh, MVS, I think we've established that he's he's your boomer bus guy. Uh, and it, so if you're aiming for a real high ceiling, go there. You know, DeAndre Carter, Cedric Wilson. If, if, if there's if both Cooper and Lamb miss again this week, Wilson will probably.
3: Yeah, they're they're both likely out. Cooper,
2: Cooper for sure for sure will be out. out. Yeah. and Lamb, then, and Lamb is Lamb, likely, but... I think well Lamb, I think it's five you you have to spend at least five days yeah. in concussion protocols little so that, chance
3: he
1: clears concussion yeah, protocols. It'll be four Thursday.
2: Yeah, so I think they're both out for sure.
1: So and and I don't know. I don't know that I have much faith in Westbrook Acini. So definitely Fuller M V S, probably Wilson, Carter, Westbrook Acquini.
3: Yeah, so if I'm filling the lineup, I'm going Wilson, number one, because I think uh, he's looked good in in limited use, and it's going to be him and Michael Gallup. They're playing the Raiders, their game they need. Then I'm going to MVS. I like what DeAndre Carter has done, so I probably would go for him. And then Fuller and Westbrook Akini honestly are about the same kind of toss-up for me. Who knows who the Titans are going to throw to, and who knows if anyone outside of Waddle and Gasecki is going to have any passing value in Miami.
2: And last but not least, for the tight ends, we've got Logan Thomas at forty nine point eight percent, Tyler Conklin at thirty nine point six, and Adam Troutman at six point four.
1: Troutman's out, I think.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, that broke today. That was a bummer. So he's yeah. out now, four to six weeks. So, so, so I if think you,
2: but go- hey, stash him. You know, just just trying to to I, throw that in there real quick. No, you, anyway. I think you got to go
1: Logan Thomas because he he's the starter. He's well, and while Conklin's a starter, Thomas gets the targets. Conklin gets three targets, and you're hoping for t- three targets, three catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown from Conklin, whereas uh, Thomas can put up, you know, eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Thomas and Conklin too, but if you're in a dynasty league and somebody cut Adam Troutman free, I might grab him and stash him because I liked the way his usage was trending prior to entry.
2: All right. So that will do it for us today. Uh it is Thanksgiving week, so a little housekeeping here at the end of the show. We will be live again tomorrow. Matt and myself will finish recapping the afternoon games and the Monday night football game tonight. Maybe talk a little pop culture corner as well. And then we will be live Wednesday, probably Wednesday night. We have not confirmed that yet, but the three of us will be on a little bit later than usual uh, so we can preview all of the Thanksgiving and all of the Sunday games as well because we will not be live Thursday or Friday so that we can spend time with our families, so everybody enjoy the Monday Night Football game tonight. And Matt, and myself, will be back again tomorrow. Prepare
0: for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on it. Do you got your on ready? I came out the womb ready. He's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Godly. Over oh, they tackle him the for 40 Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Oh.